0: Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We really hope that you'll be blessed by this week's encouraging message.
1: All right, this is exciting. This is a, if you are joining us for the first time, this is week one of Keep Your Love On uh, by Danny Silk. Um, So before we get right into it, we have a quick video that we want to play. So if we can bring the lights down and I'll come right back up here in a minute from the master himself.
0: Hey, New Hope, how you doing? We're in, uh, we're in the connection week. We're talking this week, we're talking about really how do we live as powerful people? How do we understand that we choose our counselor, that we have the option of, of listening to the Holy Spirit, the, the counselor of love, or we'll be influenced by another counselor, a spirit of fear, Who's going to be our counselor? Powerful people have to decide that. In doing so, you also learn how to make connection your goal or keep distance as your goal and realize that that's your call. You, you, you decide that. Is, is your goal connection or is your goal distance? Because if your goal is distance with somebody, they can't do anything right and you set them up. You set them up to fail because you want distance, you're going to do everything you can to keep your distance. No matter what they do, you'll interpret their behavior to justify the way you're behaving, which is to create distance. But when your goal is connection, what you'll end up doing is you'll take responsibility for you. And I want connection with you. I want love to flow between us, I want you to know that I choose you. So in this week of pursuing uh, understanding and success in connection, realize that you're a powerful person and you choose your own goal. So in choosing, now you have to understand, okay, well what does this person need for us to uh, uh, attain a a connection? What, What do they need? What is their love language? How can I supply what it is that drives fear away. So, you're a powerful person. Your goal is connection and you know what to do by supplying the need that helps send the message that you care, that you love, and it chases fear away. So enjoy yourselves as you learn more about connection this week.
1: Thank you, Danny. You can all go home. We got our message. That was so well done. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, see, I was so happy to be able to contribute this morning uh, so that is so, is so great, I'm very excited about this if you don't have this book, we are selling them in the Awakening Cafe called Keep Your Love On, Connection, Communication and Boundaries uh, it's an awesome book, you know, when you get saved, when you start to know Jesus, he comes into your heart, it vastly changes how you live life And, you you know, just to tell people to love one another isn't enough. What does that mean? What what does that look like, you know, to love one another as I have loved you? Well, this is one of the practical ways in which it works out. So uh, if you want to take all of your relationships to a whole new level, uh, that's our goal, really, for the next four weeks. Get the book. You'll be able to go farther than what I can do on a Sunday morning. So I'm going to preach this morning really from section one of the book. So if you've read it, uh, there's three chapters. We're gonna hit section one today, and I'm gonna preach on it and teach on it in a way, assuming that you haven't read it. So it's okay if you haven't. You know, our goal is here is to cast a wide net and hopefully stir you to, like, get the book, go deep into it, get together with some friends, you know, read this together. If you're part of a life group, my hope is, is hey, you take this and you guys go through this together. Uh, but go farther than what I can do with you this morning, okay? And what Danny can do in a two minute video. Um, but I, I love this. Our goal, really, for this series is that our church family, I guess my goal for us just as a church, is that we build healthy relationships with God and with each other. And that is like really our, our overarching goal is that we have a healthy relationship with God, understanding how He views us and how we see Him, and then that we have healthy relationships with each other, right? So horizontally and vertically. And as we receive from the Father, we f- receive from Jesus, we pour that out in others, right? We're a conduit of that love and the grace and stuff that he has poured out through us. Um, also, that, um, that we are a community of people that choose each other. Okay, I'm going to talk about this more later, but that we choose each other and we make the choice to keep our love on no matter what. You know, and it is a choice. And we're going to talk about that as we go through this morning. Uh, but here's the thing. Keeping your love on is a mindset and it's a heart condition. So when we talk, even the title of the book, Keep Your Love On, it's a heart condition. Like it's a new journey, a way to journey through life. And it's, we're setting the course. We're saying we're no longer going to be powerless victims. We're no longer going to create distance with people. But like today could be a new day. We're saying we're journeying this way together that my approach in life is going to be to keep my love on, no matter what happens to me, no matter what happens around me, that we're making the choice, we're going to keep our love on, no matter if the world's falling around you, you know, um, that that is the course that we're setting. So I have two points today that I hope that we, we walk away with uh, and that we start to integrate maybe into our life in a new way. Uh, for some of you, it might not be new, but for some, it, it might be. For some, it might just be something, hey, we're gonna tweak this now going forward. For someone else today, it might be, man, my whole outlook on things have changed and how I want to go through relationships. So wherever you are in that spectrum, uh, I hope that we walk away with something new. But two points, One, first one is powerful people have powerful relationships. Amen. And the inverse is true. Powerless people have powerless relationships. So we're going to talk today, I think my biggest thing I really want to hit home today is about powerful people. Because when I look out here and I see this family growing, I see a community of powerful people that conduct themselves in that, in that way. You know, we have victory in Christ. We're not victims. You know, Jesus did it. He won. Amen. We carry on the victory. Um, we're, he didn't leave us in this life as victims but we're powerful people. And then the second point is that protect connection no matter what. Protect connection with each other and keep your love turned on. So these are the two things that I'm going to really hit, and I hope that we, we walk away with. Powerful people have powerful relationships and protect connection and keep your love turned on. And we start here where we look at Jesus, where Jesus said to his disciples, he said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Right? that even when we were dead in our sins, he chose us. That's, like, incredible to me. You know, it says we were formerly darkness, now we're light. He didn't come here because we were doing everything well. He came because there was a mess. And he came to, like, clean it up. And, you know, like, we didn't earn it, we didn't do anything to cause it. It was out of his own love. So Jesus could have said, I often think of this, if if I'm Jesus... And God the Father sent him to earth and said, I, here's our plan, okay? We're going to restore humanity back to me. What was lost in the garden, you know, you're going to go down, you know, you're going to die, you're going to shed your blood, you're going to initiate a new covenant that is now built on relationship and love and not works and law. Um, if I were Jesus, though, and I'm reading the New Testament, I would have been, like, on the phone with my dad saying, okay, Dad, uh, Dad, I know what we're trying to do here, but it's not going all that well. It's, it's not working. Like, I'm, I'm trying to love them, and they want to stone me. They're trying to throw me off of a cliff. Like, this, I don't think we, this is what we had in mind. This isn't what we thought. You know, like, uh, they seem to want to kill me. They don't listen to what I'm saying. Uh, they think they have all the right answers. I don't think this is working out. But even in the midst of that and what he went through, he still said, no, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I chose you because you weren't perfect and because you were a mess. Because I'm the healer, I came to heal. So he chose us. And that's the the foundation of our relationships in the kingdom. Um, We can't truly love without experiencing now the love of God ourselves. Uh, and I think that's so important. So, like, even if you're here today and you've never heard this stuff, and you're like, I like this. I like what I felt during worship time. Um, I like, you know, what they're talking about. I want to be part of this family of God. You, you need to experience God's love for yourself. And if you've never been able to do that or just pray with someone and say, hey, yep, I'm, I'm full in now. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want him to become Lord of my life. Then if you've never done that, you come up and talk with me at the end of the service and I will lead you through it. Because you need that to fully capture what we're talking about today. We can't do it in our own strength, right? Even good ideas and, and good, uh, you know, suggestions, great theories, stuff, it, it, we have to have the love of Jesus in us. It's something that changes us. Uh, we need that at work in our life, right? And that's the Holy Spirit. So um, so getting back to choosing. So, you know, we choose each other. And, how many in here are married? If you, there's married couples in here. I know there's a lot. Remember back to the day where you took vows and you said, I choose you, right? We said some pretty powerful things. I really enjoy marrying people and doing the ceremony and leading them through this part because you say things like, I choose you. I will protect you, right, to their spouse. That I will love you in sickness and in health. I choose you. Um, so we, if you've been down that road, you've already been into this. You've made some powerful choices. You've made some powerful declarations. But that's part of choosing one another. Now, this can work out in any relationship. It's not just about marriage, but it's like, Wayne, you know, we're connected in the kingdom of God. I'm choosing to keep my love turned on to you, whether you goof up or not. I'm always going to keep my heart oriented towards you. I'm always going to keep my love turned on towards you. So that's what it looks like there. So I want to hit this whole point here. As my first goal is powerless versus powerful people. We hear that a lot. So what does that actually look like? And as we're building a community of God is bringing in people, we want to grow as powerful people in the kingdom. That doesn't mean powerful in the macho sense, but it means secure in the love of God. You're secure, you're rooted and grounded in the love of God, okay? So a powerless person says... I can't, I have to, I'll try. Like, those are the type of words. A powerful person says things like, I can, I will, I am. You know, a powerless person says, well, this thing happened to me. A powerful person says, no, I can, I will. I will do something about that. I'm not going to let that happen. A powerless person, the driving force in their life is fear and anxiety. This is a huge point, a huge point. The driving force of fear and anxiety. A powerless person is like that boat, that's like ship out in the water, dr- being like tossed around. I uh, love watching the show. It's not as on as much as it used to be, but Deadliest Catch, and you like these guys are crazy. You know, drive, You know, fishing boats in the Bering Sea. It's like, you know, 80-mile-an-hour winds, just monster waves. It's like the worst place on the planet you could be out fishing. And they do it for a living. But the worst thing in the world is when you're out on the Bering Sea and the power goes down on the ship. And you are, it is a dreadful thing. The only worst thing, I think, what they always say is if there's a fire on the boat, like, then you're just totally done, you know? I mean, there's nothing you can do out there. Uh, But if the power goes down, it's terrible. It's like the boat is like, totally at the mercy of the, the waves and you're in the worst part of the ocean in the whole world out there and it's just like going everywhere and it's going to capsize. You can't last very long with no power. So you can bet that they are like scrambling. Everybody on deck is like trying to fix the power problem. Um, but I feel like that's a powerless person. You, you have a mentality that's been built in your life where you're like that ship out in the sea where you're totally at the mercy of anything going on around you. The slightest wind causes an emotional upheaval in your life and reaction. A powerful person, the driving force in their life is peace and love. Peace and love versus anxiety and fear, okay? A powerless person tries to control other people uh, where a powerful person knows that they can only control themselves. This is a really, really big point. I am so glad Danny talks about this a lot. Trying to control other people. Powerless person tries to get other people to do what they want them to do. And how many have have a friend where they're always trying to work on you, trying to fix everything about you? It's like, because they're trying to control you. In a marriage, that doesn't work all that well, right? The spouse doesn't get the other person to change by trying to control them. It just won't work out well, okay? (laughs) All the spouses are like, yeah, boy, he knows that. Um, so they know how to control themselves. So powerful people know they control only themselves, that we're responsible for how we react in life. We're responsible for the relationships in our life. We're responsible how we react. We're responsible for how we love. You know, it's not based on everybody else doing something. Powerless people need others to make them happy. And this is amazing. If you ever been with somebody, you've been out to coffee with them, and you leave that time completely drained. You're like, this was a good idea I had. Uh, I am now exhausted. You know, like, (laughs) why did I do this? Uh, Because powerless people will find a happy person and they will try to suck all of the life out of that person. Don't let that happen. Powerful people are in control of their own happiness. And they don't need someone else to make them happy. Right? We, we are in control of our own happiness, ultimately. You know, we have the joy of the Lord in us. It springs up in us. But you know what? Some days I don't feel the joy of the Lord. right? I'm going to work on Monday morning. It's been a good weekend. I, I don't want to go back to work. But I'm in control of my own happiness. I don't succumb to the feeling or to the anxiety. Um, so I think that's a really important point. Powerless people blame the messes they make on other people. You know, when someone gets into a predicament or a jam, it's always something else that caused it. It's never them. Uh, I used to know somebody who uh, was just chronically late to worship practice, years ago when I was on the worship team. And we'd always be here. And without fail, the person would always come in and they would say, oh, I got stuck by a train. You know, it's like, I I missed it. It was a train. It happens every time I come to worship practice, there's a train and you're like 25 minutes late. Or there is always some other (laughs) reason rather than, you know, the person just had a problem showing up on time, which was okay, but it was just funny. It's an approach sometimes we take, we just want to blame something on everyone else. Um, A powerless person, you know, gets into debt and gets into a problem and blames it on everybody else rather than, yeah, I made some choices that weren't good that put me into this situation but a powerful person takes responsibilities for their mess. They said, yeah, I overspent. I did some things wrong, but I'm not going to let this happen again. I remember when we bought our first house, and, you know, it's always exciting to go buy your new house until you buy the house. (laughs) 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 And then you have to, like, start maintaining it, and, like, you got all these projects you want to do in there, and you didn't think that through before you bought the house, right? You had just enough money saved up for that down payment, and that was it. But then, hey, the, this room needs to be done, this carpet needs to be done, All the whole thing needs to be painted, there's these problems you didn't know about. And I remember the first house we got, we ended up putting on lots of money on credit cards because we didn't foresee all of the things that we were going to want to do when we got into that house. So, but, um, but I remember at the time saying, okay, we learned from that. Like, when we bought our second house, we went into it with a little more cash on hand, you know, because we knew those things were going to happen. So we made some mistakes the first time. Second time, nope, not going to do that again. We're going to do this a little bit differently. Powerless person tries to get people to respect them. Right? Powerless person tries to get people to respect them. A powerful person, I love this point, creates a respectful environment. That everywhere they go, there's love and there's respect. Because they treat you with respect, and it's just, it's, you, you know that you're going to be treated with respect, because you do that, you create an environment. You don't create an environment of fear and anxiety, but it's of love and peace. So, you know, you create an environment where there's respect. Uh, and I think of on a leadership team, you know, even our leadership team here, it's like, it's, it's an environment of love and respect, And it's not people griping about everybody. You know, not everyone on our leadership team here agrees all the time with everything we're doing. But it isn't an open forum. It's not a a chaotic environment when we have a leadership meeting. There might be someone sitting there who does not agree with what we're doing. And they might not say anything. And I might hear about it weeks later. Hey, I had to work this through. Great. Okay, good. Well, you know, because when we're all together, there's a respectful environment here. That we love each other, we respect each other, we have one another's backs. That's just how we do life. Powerless uh, person, life happens to them. It's just like, it's a mindset, it's a belief system where life just happens to you and you're not controlling anything around you. Um, It's really a learned behavior, it's a learned belief system. Powerful people happen to life. They go out and do things and they create the environments that they want to create. So we're switching, hopefully, even this morning, there's things going off in our minds. Oh, man, this area, boy, yeah, I would love to grow in this area. Like, that's totally normal. I hope that we all go to a new level of seeing ourselves as powerful people. Jesus died for us and he empowered us in this life. He did not die for us so that we could be dependent on him for every little tiny thing. He created disciples. You know, when he, the disciples hardly knew anything and Jesus had sent them out to go start ministering. I mean, he was like, empowered him right from the get-go. Here's, okay, now it's 70. Now you guys go on out and do it and make a whole bunch of mistakes and then you can come back and we can correct them all. <laughs> so, so it's a great, uh, great thing for us to learn and to be able to grow into. Powerful people, I love this too, their choice to love stands no matter what. Do you understand that? That's such an important one, that our choice to love stands no matter what. Well, what if they do this? What if they do that? No, your choice to love stands. We'll talk about boundaries in three two weeks because that comes into play too. Because um, p- so the question is, well, how do you love someone when they don't treat me with respect? Well, that's a really good question. We're not going to answer that today, but in a couple weeks, we'll talk about boundaries. But regardless, our choice to love stands. So We've made that choice to keep our love on. And a powerful person, their love is not dependent on the love being returned. Ooh. And in, an, in a world in which it's like so driven by economic exchange, right. right? I mean, I'm in the business world. Like, I do this to get that. You know, I want to close the deal. So you need to do this so I can close the deal and move forward and move on to the next thing. You know, I mean, that's how we think in the daily lives. But relationships don't follow, aren't supposed to follow those rules in the kingdom. Yeah. It's not dependent on being loved and returned. And this is a huge point. I mean, even in marriage, well, I did this, well, you should do that. I did this, then you should do that. You know, we think like that with relationships. Well, this person did this, so now I'm going to create some distance in between me and them because they didn't do what I wanted them to do. That's not what a powerful person does. Powerful person keeps themselves oriented toward that person. And you might even watch them struggle and flounder a little bit in life. And hey, just be disappointed, whatever it is. But our hearts stay oriented towards each other, right? Yeah. So the love isn't dependent upon being loved in return. Also, powerful people know how to be themselves and they can let other people be themselves. You ever walk, you know somebody who just wants to change everybody around them all the time? It's like, oh my gosh, it's like totally overwhelming. You know, but a powerful person is secure, is secure in themselves and in their love, and they can let other people be themselves. And even watch them make mistakes, watch them be successful, whatever, but it, it doesn't pull on their heartstrings. Joy and I were talking the other night, and we were saying, Jesus was a servant, right? But he was a powerful person. Amen. Right? He is a servant. He came to serve, not to be served he responded with love and he was even treated unjustly and unfairly i mean i mean for somebody who came to save the world and he was treated the way he was treated it's almost unbelievable it's the ultimate demonstration of love i mean if you want to talk about exchange he could have left like right away said so that's it you know i tried i love them i'm going back to heaven it was way more comfortable up there <laughs> But he was misunderstood, and he responded to love with love to those who were even going to betray him. So it's pretty incredible, actually. We have the greatest example to follow, you know, don't we? God does not control us, okay? This is also an undergirding thing in this whole thing of keep your love on. Um, if we go through life thinking that God controls everything we do, Then we now say that, oh, we I have to control everybody else around me because God is controlling me. We don't even realize it, but we walk out of that out of that way of thinking. And nobody's ever gonna meet our standards of expectations. If we think God's controlling us and He's up there checking off every little thing you did because I wanted you to do that and you didn't do that, I wanted you to do this, you didn't do that. Check, check, check. We'll never meet those self imposed requirements and nobody else around us will be good enough for us either. So it's really important that we understand this, that God doesn't control us. Oh, but God is sovereign. Yes, I know, he is sovereign. He's all-powerful. But he's not controlling everything we do. That's such an ugly way to think and an ugly way to live life, and it isn't biblical. There's no control in his relationship with us, right? It's based on love. He gave us free wills and he's not punishing us. Uh, I think that was the biggest truth when Joy and I uh, went through Danny Soak's Loving Your Kids on Purpose book. If you're a uh, family here, uh, you've got to get that book. And if you're raising kids, it's amazing. Even if you're not, you will learn so much in it. Uh, but how the, uh, the, the misconception that God is up there ready to punish us at any moment, um, that's not the loving God we have. Discipline, yes. Punish, no. The most judgmental Christians are the ones who feel that God is disappointed with them or that we believe God is controlling everything on this earth. Uh, and then that just, like, tweaks us. You know, if, if you believe that, you can't handle that. So it's uh, important for us to know that God does not control us. This whole book is about responding to people with the same grace that we've been given. Right? Right? God has poured out his mercy and he's poured out his grace freely. We get to talk about it all the time. Oh, we just sing songs about, oh, how good your grace is, God. It's changed me. And then we don't extend grace for other people. It's like, no, it's not supposed to work that way. That, you know, the more mature as we get in this life, that we extend more and more grace to each other, right? It's like people are not perfect, people are on a journey. Like Joyce said so well yesterday and this morning that people, some people are in a valley right now, some people are on the mountain. The people on the mountain don't look at those that are in a valley going through life negatively, right? You, you help them, you encourage them, you pull them up. Um, you know, because you might be in a valley at some point and we're all going to be in different points in life. We've been on both, mountains and valleys. And regardless, we know God loves us, that he's there with us. Um, We want to help those who are in a valley time come around and encourage. That's why it's so important to to be here, to encourage one another. We need it, right? Um, So the other goal here, so we talked about powerful people. Powerful people have powerful relationships. We don't want to be a powerless person with powerless relationships. The second goal is building and protecting connection that our goal in this book is building and protecting connection. I think you can go to the next slide, Aaron, on that. Now, I didn't say that our goal is to be right or for people to do things the way I think they should do them. Then I'm going to have connection with them. <laughs> you know, you're not going to have connection with very many people because you know, not many people are out there looking to just do everything what we want them to do. Uh, even, even in marriages, you know, it's like, well, I'm going to start to love him and when he starts to do things the way I want him to do them, yeah, let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> it's going to be a long road. Um, so I think it's so huge that our number one priority in relationships is building and, protection, building and protecting connection, giving up the need to be right. Right? Ooh, that's a hard one. I, I'll tell you this, too. I've shared this a little bit. You're a few, back, I don't know, five years ago or so, I was like on Facebook. I learned some new things theologically. I was arguing with everyone. I'm telling them, I'm right. You don't understand. It's, it's this way. You don't understand. Nope. Send, you know? Like, I'll, sh- I'll show them. They don't know what's just hit them, you know? Like, oh, I won that one. Move on to the next one. It was like, it was so stupid. Um, and now it's like, no, I've reoriented myself to say connection with people is more important than me having my platform on Facebook and everybody being right, you know? Or or I feel like I need to correct everything, okay? And you might be out there and you want to do that. That's fine, you can do that. I'm just telling you, for me, I value relationships. With someone that I haven't seen in 10 years and they're in a different place with the Lord than I am, why do we feel the need to correct them or to bring them back in line when we just want want to build connection with that person, keep a connection with the friend, you know? So I have gone through, I have had to reorient myself in that way as well. So let's talk about just some tools. I'm a very, very practical person, okay? Like I love the whole thing of like, oh, in the kingdom it's all about love. Well, what does that look like, right? What does that actually practically look like in our lives? So we're going to give some tools today to talk about building and protecting connection in relationships, The first tool, communicate love consistently in ways that people can hear and receive. In the book, he talks about the five love languages, okay? If you haven't gone through that, you should buy that book. It's by Gary Chapman. It's a huge bestseller. Uh, It's not new. Uh, This can apply to any relationship you're in. If you're uh, married, you need to know your spouse's love languages. Well, I told them I loved them 30 years ago when we got married. Why do they think anything's different? Well, okay, you know, th- and yet their, their language is words of affirmation. For 30 years, you didn't know that they receive love through words of affirmation. You need to know that stuff. You can, you can know the love languages for your own kids or for people that you're in relationship or know your parents' love languages. Um, so it's just huge. So that's just one way that you can get to identify each other's, uh, the way that they, how they receive love. So I would, I would dig into that a little bit. Um, there's probably some examples I could give here, but honestly, if you get the Five Love Languages book, that will help you a lot in this area. Um, Joy has different love languages than I do. You know, she's a words of affirmation person, so you can bet that after the, her conference yesterday, I'd like you did awesome, and I really sincerely meant it. But you know, if her, if her love language is words of affirmation, and I go out and buy her a cake. Well, she might be happy with that, but I didn't meet the need that she had in the way she receives love, right? right. Yeah. Or if I went out and bought her flowers and she's not a, uh, you know, a gifts person, you know, that one of the five, lang- was it? Gifts, words of affirmation, quality. acts of service, quality time, physical touch or the five love languages. Um, but you got to know their love languages, how they receive and how they hear love, you know? Yeah. I get uh, sometimes... Um, Well, I won't go there, but I get all types of communication. Some of them I really listen to. Some of them I'm like, oh, file that one away for another day. That one did not connect with me. (laughs) Um, The second tool, communication. Uh, Healthy communication is about providing honest and relevant information about how their behavior is affecting your life. Notice I didn't say providing people and judging them about what they're doing. No. Providing them with honest and relevant information. I also didn't say providing them with how they need to change in order to meet your needs, you know? It's not, we can't control other people to change, right? We cannot control that in their life. But providing them with honest and relevant information about how their behavior is affecting my life or your life. I will say, this requires vulnerability and open-heartedness. Yeah. You know, you can't do this if you're not open-hearted because nobody's going to want to hear your honest and relevant information, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so ha- we've got to be open-hearted. And it might be something, um, Joy and I were talking about some examples of this and just kind of laughing about it the other night, but, you know, Ralph, our relationship is important to me, but when you do this, I feel this. Might be like a good way to approach it, right? Like Ralph and I work together a lot. This isn't true, but it, Ralph, our relationship is so important. But when you show up late to our meeting every week, I feel disrespected because I was here on time and I was ready. Like that's an honest, open hearted communication yes. as a powerful person. I didn't say, Ralph, I gotta tell you, our, our relationship is important, but you need to change in this area and I'm sick and tired. <laughs> I didn't go there. You know, I just was open-hearted and I was honest. Here's a, a very real one. So Joy and I, we have this uh, thing. I'm, I'm getting better in this area, okay? I'll preface it with that. When I'm looking for connection with Joy, whether it's physically, whether it's emotionally, whether it's whatever, uh, we might not see each other for two or three days, you know, right? We have busy lives. I'm working. She could be working in the hospital all nights or something, and it's two or three days, I have learned to not throw out just snarky comments. Boy, it'd be great if we could ever connect someday. You know? I'm not kidding. I, I, they could be passing snarky comments. Well, it'd be great if we're ever able to like go out on a date. I mean, I think that would be great. I mean, you know, like, right? Does that happen? Do you have any other examples? She's like, yes, I do. Okay, moving on. Um, So I have learned that when I miss her, to just vulnerably say, take a deep breath and say this, I miss you. I feel like we haven't connected in two or three days. Like, that's so hard for a guy to say. Like, okay, I'm going to say it. (laughs) I miss you. (sighs) I said it. I got it out there. (laughs) I feel like we haven't connected in two or three days. So instead of responding with frustration or snide remarks, a powerful person that I'm trying to become <laughs> says something honest and relevant and doesn't say, well, boy, you haven't met my needs in two or three days. Or, boy, when can we ever go out and do something together? It's, no, I miss you. It's important that we connect at some point. I, I miss it. I, how are you doing? How has work been? <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. There's so much we could talk about on that point. <laughs> so, tool number three. We'll move on from that one. Building and protecting connection. Tool, the third tool here for this is have a plan for people who make mistakes. Wow. Think about that. Having a plan for people who make mistakes. And a plan that doesn't involve punishing the other person, controlling the other person, or inducing fear into the relationship, right? Have a plan. Doesn't mean that you, as a powerful person, need to take the brunt of everything, but have a plan. If you know if someone's made a big mistake that doesn't involve punishing them. Well, they did this. Well, I'm not going to answer this call because... You know, they're, I'm, I'm tired of this. They missed the meeting I had with them, so I'm going to let this go to voicemail. I'm not going to talk to that person. <laughs> well, that's really stupid. That's a, that's, you're trying to punish the other person, and they have no idea, okay? That's a passive-aggressive way to do it. Or trying to control the other person. Nobody would say that we do these things overtly, but they're in, sometimes ingrained in our behavior, right? So we don't want to also induce fear into the relationships. Um... Well, I'll say this. When our kids uh, back in the day, and I have a couple of them here, so I'm going to be very careful, when they would miss the bus occasionally, you know, we didn't freak out and start running around the house, oh my gosh, you've missed the bus. Joy would say to them, and it didn't involve punishment or controlling or fear, she would say, yeah, I can drive you to school, but it's going to cost you gas money. So you're going to have to come up with that cost because we are going over this way now. I got to go all the way back out here. How are we going to pay? Do you have the? How's that going to work? Okay. Well, they got tired of that after a while, <laughs> so so now it's like they hardly ever miss the bus and they're very responsible and they set their own alarms and see. It didn't involve us like going into a tizzy, hitting the panic button, becoming super fearful you know, like projecting things into the future of how they're going to be so responsible, things that just totally don't matter at this stage, you know, but it involved them, you know, being an empowered person. Like, they're going to take care of that problem, too. So now they hardly ever miss the bus, right, Marissa? (laughs) (laughs) So the way we maintain connection is by not reacting, disconnecting your panic button. Um, I think in this area, one of the things that parents that we struggle with And all of us, oh, our kids aren't going to turn out this way or this way. So that fear is so ingrained in how we parent that we're worried about things in 20 years where they're like, you know, five years old. You know, it's like, okay, we don't need to be fearful about that. If you live, if you parent with the fear that your kids are going to stray, I mean, I know that was like a big thing back in like the 70s and 80s, and, you know, we all grew up with that, but it induces fear into the relationship so we don't want to lead we don't want to lead we don't want to parent we don't want a parent out of fear right so parents that might be something to delve into and you'll know, get the book the loving your kids on purpose it'll talk more about that but the way way you maintain connection is not by reacting it's not by hitting the panic button it uh, doesn't push people away and it doesn't use fear tactics okay So, Mary, if you want to come up and just pray, I want to lead us in a time of of prayer here, but this is just like the first thing, okay? Just getting some stuff out there. um, Chew on this, take this home, delve into the book. The main points were protecting your connection with each other, okay? What if we in this room said, I'm going to protect my connection with you. You know, maybe you disappointed me. Elijah, you disappointed me. You've only been here for three weeks. You've disappointed me. (laughs) But I'm going to protect my connection with you. And I'm not going to push you away and create distance. But I'm going to keep my love turned on. I'm going to keep my heart oriented towards you. What if we did that as a community of people here? So awesome. We can grow in it. Powerful people have powerful relationships. How many people want to be a powerful person in this life? You know, I don't want to cause pain. I don't want to control people. I don't want to use fear tactics. I want to be a powerful person in relationships. Uh, everything. Everybody doesn't need to do what I want them to do for me to be in connection with them, right? Good. Keep your love turned on no matter what. Just stand with me, too, because I want to just pray through this. Um, <clears throat> I just want to pray for a minute, just pray over this. Joy and I were talking last night. We're like, gosh, how do we launch week one? Honestly, the first thing that I think that, as she said this, I think it was so great, is have compassion on yourself, you know? What if we had compassion on ourselves to allow ourselves to make some shifts, to make some changes, to reorient ourselves on this journey of keeping your love on? uh, That we don't leave here beating ourselves up or Uh, you know, feeling overwhelmed or anything. It's not about that. It might be one shift that God wants to make. But, you know, we have, you know, we talk about compassion so much in the church, but we often don't have compassion on ourselves. To allow yourself to make a change, to make a shift. So I just want to pray over us this morning, and then I actually want to sing just the chorus to build my life, because this is like such a perfect song for where we are, or the bridge. I will build my life upon your love, your love is a firm foundation i will put my trust in you alone and i will not be shaken that could be a theme song really to this whole message is that your love god is the firm foundation it's not laws it's not doing things to checking off a list to try to be attainable or acceptable to you it's being secure in the love of god and just letting that flow out of our lives and letting that orient and lead our whole life so lord even this morning lord we um we approach this uh knowing that we need your holy spirit in our lives lord that we need your guidance wherever we are on our spiritual journey wherever we're at on the continuum we need your leading in our lives so lord we commit ourselves today to your leadership in our life we keep our heart open towards you we keep our heart open towards each other Lord, this morning and just you can disagree with me in this in the spirit but I, we repent of any powerlessness that we've let creep into our life lord where there's been areas that we've been le- been being led by fear and anxiety lord we repent of those areas we repent of a life led by fear and anxiety and we open ourselves up to the love of god in the peace of god at work in our hearts and our lives We open our hearts up to you, Lord, in a new way. Lord, this isn't just a mental brain exercise. But Lord, we physically, we open our heart to you. We say, come in, fill me afresh, fill me new. Lead me in this, Lord, where I can't make the shifts on my own. Lord, you are there to lead me and to guide me. So Lord, even as we're on this journey together over the next several weeks, Lord, that you would grow us as a people. Grow us as big, powerful people that know they're secure in the love of God. And we allow you to lead us in this journey. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like
0: more information or additional resources, please check us out at
1: newhopecom.org. Thanks and have a blessed week.